0: Bike World is brought to you by Headscape.co.uk in association with Getsignoff.com and the Website Owners Manual. Today is a special show special with day. all the people from the production team.
1: Your service
0: will be resumed next week. Hi
2: Paul, how are you doing? Hi Paul, how are you? Hello
0: Paul. Hi Paul. Hi Paul, Hi Paul and Marcus. Hello. And First step on BoeingWorld.com podcast. BoeingWorld. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of oh. Welcome to the 138th episode of Boagworld.com, the podcast for those involved in designing, developing and running websites on a daily basis. My name is Paul Marmick and today I am joined by an illustrious group of people. We have the entire, Me. not you Marcus, <laughs> we have the entire group of um, Boagworld production crew type people here. So we have going around the table. We're going to start off with Anna. Hello, Anna. Welcome Hello. to the show. <laughs> you're going to have to be really loud for us today. Anna is here against her will. Um, but look. Change to the floor. Let's, I know how to get Anna talking. Okay. Tell us about the website that you're about to launch.
1: Um, Scrunchup.com. Scrunchup.com, which um, is? It's a website aimed at young designers and developers, people wanting to break into the industry. Um, sort of give them informal advice and sort of tips on getting started.
0: Cool. See, I knew that'd get you talking. <laughs> I, Anna Anna has been very brave being on the show. So everybody in the chat room who's watching, um, please be nice. Okay. Um, next round the table is Paul. Hello, Paul. Hello. And Paul is. Oh, I should have said about Anna. Anna is um, the person that does um, all of our show notes, edits our interviews, does all the technical stuff. Paul, on the other hand, who has been on the show before, of course not with me mine have you been on with me uh
3: no no No? it was when you two swanned off on Mm -hmm. holidays we had to to fill the
0: breach yeah Yeah. so uh paul uh, does our news feed so if you um have ever listened to uh, or if you subscribe to our kind of delicious feed which has got all the various things in then it's paul that writes most of those i don't actually do much on the show anymore (laughs) as is shown by the existence of ryan that reinforces that hello ryan hello Good to have you on. Thank you. Um, and uh, Ryan is our producer. Yes, that's, so you what, that's what you made me. Yeah, what's that? What does that mean in in kind of real terms? Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said <laughs> in that. Real that sounded terms. so arsey. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to read the chat room at the same time as talking. I part um, of my job is I put the show together. I
2: get the news together and the features and the interviews and the listeners' questions and bits and pieces like that.
0: Put them all together. Create the show notes. Mm-hmm. Arrange interviews with. The big wigs. Okay, you really now have shown how little me and Marcus actually do now. <laughs> you just talk, don't you, know. Yeah, just... basically, that's about it. <laughs> I think one week, we all ought to swap jobs. How about that? And that I could do the show notes, because that would be really good. We've, we've done that before, that we've hosted it as well, you well, know. Well, yeah. But <laughs> I've never done your jobs. Oh, well, that's <laughs> I used to, used once to. upon a time. Yes. And then Marcus is here, too. Right, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, hey. I love you, really. That's mighty worrying (laughs) (laughs) on oh so many levels yes okay so the format of the show today is going to be a bit more like if you ever watched the old um dot net podcast i did watch to listen to even so basically it's going to be a roundtable discussion um but we're going to take lots of listener questions we're going to um have some stuff that has already previously been sent in on Twitter and things like that. Um, we're also going to have some stuff that has, um, com- is coming from the chat room in real time, if I can read and keep up with it. And that is basically the idea. Right. So.
4: Sorry, I've got some jokes. You've got some jokes. You can <laughs> I'll start the show with jokes. <laughs> I mean, basically,
0: what, let's, be, let's be honest. Today's show is a rip-off of Risington podcast. It's just questions. and Yeah, but we were humor. first. We're we'll talk generally about cheese. Speaking, and better. Cheese. We'll talk about cheese. No, we won't we'll talk cheese. about cheese. Or right. Firefox logos.
4: A computer once beat me at chess, but it was no match for me at kickboxing.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's the level of jokes today. Are Moving you gonna, on. Are you just going to splatter these randomly through oh, the yeah. show when we least expect it? Yeah. Normally, see, people are prepared for it at the end. So. <laughs> they turn off before I start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, by that point, <laughs> that's that was fun listening you leave it till
4: last, <coughs> then people who can't bear it can turn off before then. Mm. Not today. Okay.
0: So um, let's start with a really sensible question mm. to establish the way, the way that we're going to go with the whole of this and set the tone. So now our first question is from Lee, who wants to know about the Large Hadron Collider. Oh, well, and I know all about that. concerns about it. Um, and obviously he's worried that the whole world is going to get sucked into a black hole. And that's going to be the end of of us all. So you've got an hour before this is going to happen, Marcus. What are you going to do with your last hour on Earth?
4: Sorry, I'm just reading Teflon's comments. Excellent. This is my first Biog world. This is someone else. Teflon says they can get quite dire. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, I've got an hour to live. I can't answer that. Broadcasting. Oh, okay, well it's fairly obvious what well, you're going to do is a Other podcast. than having
0: sex Well, no, uh, anything that's illegal, really Anything that's illegal <laughs> That really doesn't narrow it down very much Well,
4: I don't know, well, I'd, probably, I'd probably just lie down And watch this, look at the sky oh. Watch it come, whatever it was going to be Well, it's going to be a black hole, isn't
2: it? Oh, the black hole, yeah I wonder would that or was it kind of I don't know? Would I don't, it be slowly. I don't think we'd have an hour, would
0: we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here today, gone now. You yeah. think it's just going to be sucked in instantly? Instant. Uh, well, so, it's, so basically so it's our first question, question yeah, is okay. a crap one. Yes. Yeah, okay, on. that's good. That's sorted out. Has that should,
2: set the tone for the rest of the questions? Yeah. Should we <laughs> should
0: we do something vaguely related to web design, but still kind of end of the world scenario type thing? Does that sound good? Economic disaster, credit credit crunch. Oh, and general depressing. misery, right? Question. Oh, I forgot who this question is from. I'll work that out in a minute while, okay. while somebody answers it. Question. Paul, you told me to say it out loud. Talk into your microphone. Okay, sorry. It's very hard to... I feel like I need to look at people. But
4: you're not doing it even now. How
0: close do you want me to
4: go? I can't see the blooming bit of paper. There we go.
0: I've had to put the bit of paper out okay, there. Right. I've got to tell him off now. Imagine
4: there's a line going out of that. There you go. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> just adjust your microphone. It's just, just going to be the way gorgeous. things are going, right? <laughs> yeah, well,
0: you' be happier. oh okay, I'm not sat at an awkward angle now this is yeah. this is I, I, we, we're bad when we're not prepared, aren't we basically we, we <laughs> can't do quite lib quite dire I believe quite indeed. dire yeah <laughs> so um yes it, I mean what's people's thought right? state of the economy, problems blah 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 do you think it's going to affect web design? do you think it's going to affect technology or are we immune from it? any thoughts? absolute silence (laughs) far too deep a question i'm Uh, gonna make paul start
3: oh okay thanks for that that's Uh. all right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think the industry will be a bit more immune than others because it's easier to spend money in online stuff Mm -hmm. it's measurable especially for advertising and marketing type stuff so i think with the credit crunch people who are buying this kind of stuff will tend to pull out of print and go more into digital Right.
0: Ah, that's Good quite answer. interesting. I quite like that answer. Right. Yeah, you normally kind of marketing and PR, not mark, PR, but marketing and advertising tend to be the first thing that go in a recession. Mm. But you know, I don't know. Is is the web just marketing and advertising these more uh, these days? I think it's probably a little bit more than that. Marcus, what do you say? Have you noticed any kind of slowdown in the number of uh leads that we've been getting or anything like that?
4: Not at all, but I think hmm. I I think if we dealt Primarily in the private sector, then I think I might. Mm -hmm. But because we don't, um, but then saying that I've been absolutely inundated with leads. I I think I mentioned this last week or maybe the week before that. In August and the first part of September, Chris and I, who we do, who do most of the kind of business development stuff at Hebscape, were saying, "Ooh, we're not really getting any leads." Not that it particularly mattered, right at that point, because we had far too much work to do anyway. But nothing was coming in. Since then,
0: I'm getting ten a day, and some really that, that good you're ones. just making things <laughs> up now. We are not getting 10 leads a day. Easily. Go 20. Ahead. 30. 40, 30 50, 50 50 a day. 60 odd Just at least. making crap um, up now.
4: But the point is, so uh, uh, to me, no, not at all. Things have not changed even slightly. But saying that we're not at the point of actually – we don't know whether we've won any of this work yet. So we might find out that – we're way too expensive or Mm -hmm. in which case my conclusion would possibly be that people haven't got the budgets they did have and it is affecting it so I don't know yet
0: Mm. do you think there's anything we can do as kind of web design companies or freelancers to prepare for this in any way because it's going to get worse one presumes Mm. oh by the way this question is from Scott I finally found out (laughs) well I mean (laughs) yes
4: there is an answer to that it's I don't Don't um, spend any more money than you're currently spending. Don't pay yourself any more money. Don't
0: take on big offices. Don't take on big offices. (laughs) Um,
4: Don't spend money on kit unless you absolutely have to. Basically, keep your cost base the same is the wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. But then saying that, I think
0: you still have to take risks even during a recession. Yeah, I agree. What about um, theoretically, Ryan? okay this obviously doesn't apply to you but theoretically if you were in a nice comfortable job and you were maybe considering going freelancing would the current economic crisis put you off in any way theoretically
2: it's diffi- difficult it also not just on the industry it depends on what your current circumstances are right, right? because if you um, I, I, I'm trying to sell a house yeah I can't sell I can't sell my house at the next nobody's buying right so that in turn affects my decision's if I were going to make any, right? You know, if I were going to move on, then I couldn't do that because I've, yeah. I've got a house to sell, right? You know, and, you, and you, you've got you've got to make sure your incomes, you know, steady. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you do things like have babies and stuff like that as well. Yeah, well that that, that <laughs> way <laughs> it complicates life. You're completely responsible. Yes, so. that's a,
4: you're going to but be If poor you did manage to sell your, your house, then you'd be you know quids in buying another one. So it's kind of it swings mm. aroundabouts at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Can sell your house, you could sell your baby.
2: Well, I thought about that as well, but I don't, I don't, I don't think my wife
0: would be too, too happy with it. <laughs> well, you know, something so. to be said for that. Okay, we're going to take a question from the um, chat room next, which is from WebWiz. There is a question for you, Anna. I'm sorry. I'm picking on you again. And it's about scrunchup.com. Check it out now. Um, he wants to know if there's an age limit, because some people come into web design later in life. So are they allowed to take part in your site?
1: Uh, you're only as old as you feel. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. So, basically anybody that can... So, can I join it? No? No, because you're... you're Don't shake your head. Shaking your head doesn't work with audio, Anna. I'm sorry. Video. Yeah, I know. It does with video. They don't count. They
4: don't count. No, you're far too long in the tooth as a web designer, I think would be Anna's answer. But I mustn't answer for her.
0: No, because we're trying to encourage Anna to speak on this podcast.
4: (laughs) But we're not hassling you in any way. But me, if I suddenly decided I wanted to be a web designer, being the oldest around the table... By quite
1: Ooh, a that's long what way. Things like are for. Yeah. yeah. There's other places
0: you can go. but ran I said she do not want you. That's no. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> oh, I'll outrageous. just sit there. <laughs> right. OK. Um, here's one for, for you, um, Marcus, I Me? think probably. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a question from Doug, and he says How do you go about dealing with uh, problem clients? What kind of advice and tactics can you provide? Fire them. <laughs> fire them seriously no no well i think if we were brave enough we would right
4: because i was thinking about this actually just yesterday um we've had clients over the years uh and i'm certainly not going to even say whether they're still with us or not or anything like that but i think they've cost us money right and i think as a business you need to turn around to yourself and say uh I, you need to break ties with this person but because they're a client and they come to you uh, and they say I want this and they want that and you do a lot of work um, you know, put, putting together quotes for them that they never take up ever uh, but occasionally the odd bit of panic work will happen and then they argue with you about how much they're going to pay for the time that you've actually spent doing it etc, etc, etc so it's not a completely daft, throwaway comment, I sack your uh, clients. But that's not what this person means. Well, no, it's talking
0: about, I mean, yeah, you don't um, always get a choice, do you? you have, sometimes you have to deal with them. Let's, you know, give a sensible answer, man. Mm, I suppose a sensible answer
4: would be don't lose your rag, don't start blaming. Uh, yeah, don't play the blame game. Um, try and find solutions Oh I sound like a marketeer
0: You do, um, do you, you haven't really said anything yet If I may push you on this Marcus <laughs> Say something concrete man um, <laughs> Concrete uh, That's pathetic <laughs> <laughs> So basically Your advice is To do what they
4: say No So what are you saying I'm saying find <laughs> solutions to problems Don't turn it into an argument
0: okay. That's fairly concrete
4: what, well, weren't you listening? It's
0: very non-I non- don't know. I think that's a rubbish answer. I think that's the worst answer I've ever heard from you. So I think we'll have to move on. No, all right. Well, what would you do then, Paul? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Turned it around on me. I think, I think a lot of it is understanding why a client is being difficult. You know, people don't do things um, for no reason. Everybody has a reason and think they're justified in that reason. And I think a lot of um, the problems that you have with clients is because um, you don't, you know, you don't really understand where they're coming from. You don't understand what their problems are. Um, So, you know, I always like to understand what the kind of underlying issue is. And also, it's often politics. It is often politics. In which case, I think you do need to play that political game. I mean, you guys both work for HE, you know, organisations. You must have internal politics.
3: Yeah, far too much much red tape and internal politics. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how do you deal with that? What kind of things do you guys do? Um, I think we're building so much protection in our contracts because we do work like um, an external agency. Oh, okay. Ah, So... We, we've got contracts and work specifications and stuff, and there's quite a lot of protection built in there saying that any changes outside of scope will be charged extra. And normally we don't need to fall back on it, but if there's any major problems, then we effectively work to rule and say, so, right, right you're putting through too much changes, each change you put through is now charged at a quarter day, which is our minimum kind of right. block time. So it's making sure that your contract is... Concrete, watertight. Watertight. Concrete. It's hard to
4: um, actually... Get a client to agree to that, though. Or not to agree to it, but it can often cause more problems. You need to sit down and talk to people face-to-face. That's another thing. Face-to-face, very,
0: very important. Uh, I mean, don't
4: start having email arguments or blaming <laughs> again.
0: I mean, I need to be very careful at this point, but we had a a, 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 con- a conference call, didn't we, yesterday morning yeah. along these lines. Um, I'm picking my words very carefully now. But, I mean, that was, the, you know, that was a discussion about a particular um, client that we're having some issues with. Um, And a lot of that was was not about, well, it wasn't at all about the direct client, was it? No. You know, it it, it was actually somebody else within the organization. I think oftentimes it's not just about face-to-face with the client. It's face-to-face with the person that's causing all the big, you know, the big issues. So, yeah, I mean, that's my feeling over it. Um, Okay, here's a question for everybody. Everybody can have a turn at answering this. Um, If you could recommend one web design book, this is from Lee, one web design book to us, what would it be? And apparently, I'm not allowed to mention the website owner's manual. Like (laughs) like you've just done. Like I've (laughs) I've just done. I'm actually just on the video right now. I'm I'm just uh, putting in a lower third to the URL for the the book, which is boagworld.com forward slash website owner's manual. But obviously, I'm not allowed to mention that. So... (laughs) Let's move on. Um, Ryan, what about you? What's, what's the most inspirational um, web design book you've ever read? Um, I really enjoyed Andy Clark's Transcending CSS. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think the first CSS book I read was Andy Bud's, and I think I always put that as like a starter book, and then I moved on to Andy Clark's, which gave a few more little tricks.
0: Okay. Which I really enjoyed. What kind of things, what was it that kind um, of differentiated those two books?
2: um andy's andy's just felt more like a like a i mean it's a very good book and i recommend it i do recommend it to people it just felt more like a starter guide like if i kind of like from from scratch Mm -hmm. whereas um whereas andy clark's two andy's it's too confusing (laughs) andy clark's um it felt like the next step making Mm. sure you're getting your your html semantic and getting it all you know and explaining what how are you going to Turn this markup into this design, and then show, showing you the techniques to do it. Mm. I really enjoyed enjoyed mm. his book. And
0: um, we're just getting a, a few complaints in the chat room that no, I was too far away from my mic a minute ago, and people couldn't hear what I said. Um, I was talking about the website owners manual. <laughs> website owners manual. Paul, tell me about um, you know, tell me about yourself, and and and, and which books have really inspired you.
3: Um, not quite sure if you could count it as a web design book but um, Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug oh, uh, that's, oh, definitely, <laughs> sorry, that's definitely that's definitely a web design a book, book yeah, yeah. I'd definitely give you that one but that kind of makes you really think about the little things things that when I was beginning I was changing certain things because they didn't look nice like default links and underlines and stuff and mm-hmm. you're trying to break the conventions and it kind of slaps you about the head and says don't break conventions um, so that would be my my pick
0: cool um, Marcus
3: same one it's about the only one I've ever read
0: <laughs> have you never read any other web design books why would
4: I b- read books on CSS HTML etc etc
0: I don't do it that's disappointing
4: I have got one I've got um, one of Molly's books but I, n- I sort of got about 20 pages
0: in and it was like have you read any kind of businessy books or marketing books or sales books not, you just don't read not do you? for a long time I read loads but nothing that would be useful to our listeners. I'm a bit disappointed in you today, to be honest. Stephen Fry, actually, at the moment. (laughs) Stephen Fry, I know. You can't can't on that. But,
4: no, I I, I did read Don't Make Make Me Think, and that was fantastic. Don't
0: Make
2: Me Think is a very good book. Mm. I'm about halfway through with that.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, that's from an IA point of view.
0: Then, yes, I did need to read that, but I don't need to read stuff about CSS, etc., Okay, fine. Anna, please rescue us and, and recommend something good.
1: Um, well, I went to deconstruct, and um, Jeremy Keith's talk was about um, sort of social networks, and he he recommended uh, the tipping point. Oh, excellent! And, yeah, it is a really good book. Mm. I, I really enjoy reading it.
0: The tipping point is this this whole concept that you know that what makes something become a phenomena all of a sudden Mm. you know and he talks about different types of people doesn't he that are Mm. key influencers mavens and various other people yeah i really love that book i think the one that i want to recommend is i think i'd recommend the one i'm reading at the moment and i'm struggling to remember the name of it (laughs) i think it's subjective design and adaptive path book have i got that right someone in the chat room will correct me if i've not um, and that, that's a really interesting book about um, how design and experience can be used to sell products, whether that be a website or anything else, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting book, and I can highly recommend that. Who's it by? Adaptive Path. What, all of them? Yeah, well, I don't know, a big group of them, I don't know. <laughs> They're all the same, aren't they? <laughs> um, <laughs> there you are <laughs> right, that's them. Um, okay those californians that are all I don't the same. Know. yeah they're, they're all <laughs> americans as far yeah. as i'm concerned okay let, let's do something along those lines this is an impossible question this is a question for andrew and i think it's a dumb ass question <laughs> but i'm gonna ask it anyway um the question is what's your favorite website and why
4: so what's your favourite colour then
0: Yeah that would have been equally bad wouldn't it really I think it's quite interesting What's the, what's the websites you spend most time on Or that you particularly admire It can be for any kind of reason really um, And you're not allowed to say BBC News site Because everybody okay. always says that That's what you do in usability testing Everybody mm. says BBC site Oh no I've got to think of a different one then Ooh. Oh that seriously was what you were going to say Marcus You're just so predictable <clears throat> okay.
2: Anybody want to kick us off you know, you don't spend much time on individual sites nowadays. You'll just follow what's ever, ever's in your RSS reader. You know, I've got follow loads of feeds and mm-hmm. just end up reading it through Google Reader. Google Reader. So I'll spend the most time on. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: that's perfectly fair. I, I can. <laughs> yeah, I can,
2: I, I can, a lot of feeds that I read, I couldn't tell you what the site looks like because uh, the number of times you click through and then you forget and just follow the feed. And, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Really yeah. enjoying the feed, but you'll not really go back to the site.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, fair say. enough. Google customized home pages. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I spend the most time yeah. on. It's not necessarily just mind what you spend
0: time on, but which sites you've seen that you perhaps admire for various reasons. Mm-hmm. I like for example, I you know, I hardly ever go to Jason Santa Maria's web- website because I subscribe to his RSS feed, mm. yet I really admire what he's done with that site because he's he's introduced art direction to it. Um, so every blog post has kind of, you know, got its own separate design. Equally, um, Garrett Dimmon's website, you know, which is a super minimalistic, you know, all about the content website. You know, again, I subscribe to his RSS feed, so I don't often actually visit the site, but it's a beautiful piece of design that I really like for whatever reason.
3: Mm. I guess to do that sometimes, if um, articles come up on the RSS feeds, then if it's someone like Jason St. Maria's, i will always go straight to the site. Yeah. Because I want to see it, how it looks, instead of just reading The plain old black and white text in the uh, reader.
0: Which is quite interesting that, you know, actually that's been enough to kind of kick you out of RSS to go and see. Yeah. Anna, what about you? Is there any sites you particularly like?
1: Um, I'm a bit embarrassed about this, but um, I really like Neopets. Um, I used to play on it when I was really little, and um, I learnt my HTML on it. Um,
0: Neopets. Yeah. What's Neopets?
1: You like you make an animal and <clears throat> it's your pet, and you can um, buy things for it and play games with it. And the more games you play, the more sort of uh, virtual money you make, which you can use to buy things.
0: My daughter used to. Go <laughs> and on and that's where you started <laughs> learning HTML. Yeah, yeah. So what? Why have you got to do HTML on a site like um, that? Because
1: you can make a sort of homepage for your for your pet.
0: Oh right. Well, if it gets you into HTML, then it's not <laughs> a bad thing. <laughs> mm. Marcus, have you actually managed to come up with anything yet?
4: Yeah, a site, well, I've thought of a site that I've been admiring a lot over the past year or so would be the Southampton University site.
0: Southampton University site? That's yeah. an interesting choice.
4: Um, well, because obviously we do an awful lot of HE work, so and I've done um, a lot of competitor analysis lately. And particularly from a design point, it's got a kind of bog-standard um, information architecture. There's nothing kind of like, wow. Oh, well, I suppose that they've got this iSotten thing where you can... Um, you know, they use various different feeds that you can, that users can create content for the site. But the rest of it is basically just your, your standard information architecture. But it's it looks really rich. But if you take the pictures away from it, it's really plain, and it's a really plain, effective design. Mm.
0: And I like it a lot. That's interesting. Mm. Okay, our next question is from Doug. Um, now this is interesting. i well, will be quite interested because. Because Ryan, you do a bit of front end and back end and a kind of bit of everything type yeah, yeah, stuff. of yeah. What yeah. about you, Paul? What do you do? You do?
3: Um, I'm mainly focusing on front end at the moment. Okay. I, I also like doing PHP development and okay. back end stuff. So, but this will be interesting.
0: I'll be interested to hear your reaction to this one. It's a question from Doug, and he, he says now that the roles of web designer and web developer are starting to mesh, as more designers have to do, um, do more developers have to do front end design, and more developers have to do you know, I'm getting that the wrong way around, but you know what I mean. As people start to overlap more in their jobs, um, how do you go about describing yourself? Do you call yourself a web designer, a web developer? What do you call yourself? Diviner. A diviner. <laughs> you know, with
4: the, with the, yeah. with the, with the wires.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I found the water. That's terrible. I quite like that. I, I think it's really difficult because. Um I think a lot of places just think a web developer or a web designer is somebody who just does everything mm-hmm. so it's the way, way you define where roles start and stop mm. I, I, I always say I'm a designer developer because that kind of catches everything
0: yeah now I, you've
2: got a new term <laughs> designer <a> <laughs> yeah, cool I'm a web diviner I'm going to have to change all my business cards now just so that'll <laughs> yeah. fit but, um, I mean what I really enjoy is design and front end development mm-hmm. but invariably I'd end up doing a lot more back end development than and which I which I can do sufficiently well, but I can, but I prefer to do the front end stuff. So I tend to say designer developer because people don't get what a front end developer is if you're talking to somebody, if you're talking to a client. Yeah, you know, you have to then explain what your what your job is. So they usually either thinking that you know I need a web designer or I need a web developer. So if you say web designer developer,
0: you've covered all your bases. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. What about you, Paul?
3: Um, does my nothing. All the time does this because we work in an industry with, without standardized job titles, mm. so you can't really say you've got to pick a term that best fits what you do. Mm. And I think it depends who you're using the term for as well. If, like, if you're explaining to someone, mm. another designer or a developer, it's quite easy, but to explain to someone who, like family members and stuff, say, Oh, what are you doing now? And say, well, mm. I build websites. Build websites, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to so. say. <laughs> yeah. Whatever so, um, happened to the term
4: producer? used to have web producers well Did web those?
0: producers was like i guess that's almost the kind of role i fulfill now where i don't actually you don't actually produce anything which don't is really any. bizarre <laughs> that you call them a producer but it tends well, they to used be used to do content really they're kind of project managers as well
4: probably yeah
0: probably. yeah i guess so somebody in the chat room said you know webmaster Ooh, oh, it's, uh, it's like a really master. old, like back in the day. That's
3: what people call. Yeah. Where I work, we we do have um, a guy who official job title is webmaster, but he's been in that role for like oh ten years or something. Yeah. Quite a long time. Yeah. So it fits for his all legal stuff as well. He's a lawyer, so he does all the legal stuff for the department. Mm. But no, nah, that wouldn't want to be called webmaster.
2: You can get some terms where you're actually stepping on people's toes as well. It's like. You say you're a front end engineer, which I've seen people call themselves that, and then you'll get engineers who are really insulted by that. You yeah. Know, just proper engineers, it's like, how oh, are you an engineer? You know, you're, mm. you're a front end developer, you know, and it's like, you can step on people's toes.
4: What do you mean by engineer, though? Because Google's full of engineers. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean,
2: that's, that's, probably, that's probably the prime example, to be yeah. honest. They're not engineers, are they, they? Well, <laughs> it comes Bridges, from a software, <laughs> software
0: engineering background, yeah. isn't it? Well, yeah. I guess that's where they're, they're getting it from.
2: So there's so many derivatives of the same thing. I picked mm, yeah. up
3: on a conversation in the mailing list on, and they were talking about um, the term architect like information architect or something yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I think the Architect Society of Great Britain it's actually illegal to refer yourself as an architect if you haven't got this specific qualification <laughs>
0: well, yeah. but they,
3: they don't enforce it but yeah. it would be funny if they did
0: Somebody su- suggested Code Monkey. It's <laughs> probably not far from it. <laughs> What's that Thank tune, you, WebWiz. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Colton, yeah. Code
3: Monkey.
0: Yeah, that's uh, uh, Jonathan Colton's music. If you've never, you never listened to Jonathan Colton, go check him out, because uh, he's got some really funny music. I particularly enjoy Skull Crusher Mountain. It's yeah. one of my p- favorites. <laughs> um, okay, another question. This one's from Tristan. I'd be quite interested to hear uh, people's opinions on this. I guess he's oh, just not my microphone. Um, I guess he's talking. Well, he says, "What sort of versioning do you use in your development?" Um, but it kind of gets into the whole. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus has fallen asleep. Um, you know, he's got into the whole kind of area of backup and and you know version control and stuff like that. Do any of you guys? I mean, you guys must have to worry about that kind of stuff. You're grown ups, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. So I I,
2: I, I still worry about it because I I tried to set up uh, set up Git, um, and completely on my own with limited knowledge of uh Unix and stuff, and uh, even got a mate over to come and give me an answer and it all and it's got all too complicated. So now I just have like a live box, a dev box, and dev box has got an exact copy at live box, and any change I make on dev box is copied to live box right. and it's ready and. You know, periodically I'll just blank dev box and move the live box over to dev box again so it's all as it was and then yeah. to do that. But there's just me. So, right. you know, it isn't, it's not like somebody's going to come in and change my code. And I that's, hate it. I hate that I do it like that. I should have proper, ver, you know, version control.
0: Yeah. But I'm not clever enough to set it up properly. Right. What about you, Paul? Uh,
3: I use Git. I must be clever enough to use it properly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> um, but well, I don't use it. Yeah,
2: but you've got, you've got... You've got a guy who knows everything sat next to you showing you how oh. to set it up
0: oh so so you're not clever. I know I know, <laughs> I know mate. everything
2: no, my I'm, mate's clever and he showed me
3: how to install the client and use it depends how <laughs> you use it for, for your implementation when you're pushing stuff to live yeah, boxes yeah. and dead boxes then yeah it does get complicated but for just working on my local machine I use Git which is similar to subversion in we we did a talk on this when you were swanning off on holiday oh, well, oh I'm Don't sorry I listened to it I, I, I
2: didn't, I listen didn't vaguely listen to it I zoned out after we while we a, on a lot on that show as well so it's good job you are not
1: <laughs> to it yeah, no but, yeah, I did <laughs> all my projects
3: locally are held in Git repositories which I can just update and saves my ass sometimes when I make mistakes um, I also use it for Photoshop so I'll put my Photoshop oh, okay. documents into version control so I'll work on a design then if I decide I want to go in a different direction yeah. instead of creating messes of folders or duplicate Photoshop files, uh, I'll branch in the version control. So then I've got this one document, which sure. I can switch between, say, one branch has gone red and green and one branch has gone blue and yellow. Yeah. It's stupid, horrible-sounding colours. But So I use that for Photoshop documents, not just source code, but for documents like that as well.
2: Okay. So it well, although Adobe Q is quite nice for that, for Photoshop. You know, the... The Q the queue in server. Oh, like no, I didn't version. know about this. I never heard. It come, this. comes with Creative Suite. Um, you have got a bit of memory. I think you can set how much memory it uses, but it will then keep various versions of a PSD file. Oh, okay, and that's and quite can, interesting. You can manage it through Bridge. Oh, right. So it's it's it's, it's a little. If you're in your control panel, I don't know where it'll be on a Mac, but on a PC, it's in your control panel, and it's Adobe Q. Mm. And you set how much memory you want it to use, and um, where it stores like a cache of, you know. But then you can have. Version controlled. That's files. quite nice
0: because I've always felt like the, the version control products that are out there are, are much more orientated around the the kind of um, te- you know developer community. There's mm. not as much for designers. Mm. What about what about backup? I mean, Anna, I know you you only do bits of freelance here and there. Mm. Do you back up at all? Oh yeah, yeah. You I've, do. I I've got a, you
1: know, I use um, it's a Time Machine. Okay. So, um, and you know. I, with version sort or save copies of things you know if I change my mind say I'm working on one design and maybe I should do this and then save it again you know
0: yeah so you save multiple versions yeah. of the file yeah, yeah yeah I tend to do or I was used to Say, so, I mean it, it, well, this it really dates me badly but when I um I started off in in doing web design um it was a very early edition of photoshop where they didn't support layers (laughs) so every time you made a change you'd save out another document because it was permanent it was like stuck there forever Mm -hmm. there wasn't also there was only one level of undo there wasn't like a history of undo so you were really just kind of absolutely hammering version one (laughs) One and two, I think. Yeah. I don't know whether... No, I think three introduced layers. People in the chat room seem to be thinking it's three. The other thing that they're saying in the chat room, which I, I wholeheartedly um, agree with, and I've only just discovered myself, is this Dropbox, right? Get, is it getdropbox.com? I think that's right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and Dropbox is friggin' awesome. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. So it's a free, um, free um, application. And you download it onto your machine. It runs on Mac, Linux, and uh, Windows, I think. Um, and basically, all it does is it's a folder. Um, you can put stuff into the folder. You can obviously arrange things however you want. You, that then gets posted onto the web. So for a start, great from that point of view because it's getting your stuff off, off-site, which is great if your house burns down. Um, you uh, Secondly... It allows version control, so you've got all the version history of everything that does, you know, that you do. And if you make a change, say to a Photoshop document, it doesn't upload the whole document again; it just uploads the bits that's changed. Brilliant, really good. Um, it is get uh, Dropbox.com. Someone's just confirmed in the chat room. Um, and then, on top of all of that, you can also share it with other people as well. So um, it's just absolutely awesome from that point of view. Love it. To be honest, it's what Mobile Me should be—the um, mm-hmm. iDisk on Mobile Me—but just fails to do it. And of course, this is cross-browser br- as well. Well, I suppose not cross-browser, cross operating system, but then Mobile Me is now. So um, you can—you uh, get two gigabytes for free, which you quickly use up if you get into the thing. Um, and it costs about ninety-nine dollars for fifty gigabytes for a year, which I think is flipping brilliant for an off-site backup with version control. All bells and whistles, so I absolutely Mm. love it. I'm really a great fan of that at the moment. (laughs) Okay, um, let's move on and find ourselves another question. He says, looking through um, his list of questions to try and find something that's interesting. Okay, here's a question from Paul. Um, He says, should you attempt to do one or two um, in-house personal projects a year, um, or would you encourage... um, uh, employees to kind of have a few days a week working on personal side projects so let's hours th- a week surely what did i say <laughs> a few days a week well i'm particularly <laughs> generous no a few <laughs> hours a week obviously uh, let, let's change the question a little bit to s- kind of suit everybody on the panel personal projects do you do them and if so, what kind of stuff do you do and what value do you have in them? So, Anna, well, what, I mean, oh, you're going <laughs> to pimp scrunch up again, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, so why did you do that? What value did you see in doing that? Because obviously you're not being paid for it.
1: Well, just um, there's, a, there's a need for it. Um, I've spoken to so many people who are all asking the same questions, you know, what courses should I do? What um, institutions should I look at? should I even go to university or should I just get a job straight away? And uh, to to be able to sort of bring all those people together and, you know, learn things together, I think mm-hmm. that's really important for the industry.
0: Mm. What about for you personally? What have you got out of doing the project?
1: Just, I don't know, just being able to learn how big projects, how it, you know, communication, so communicating with the team, mm-hmm. um, just being able to... Uh, you know, come up with design see what everyone thinks and um yeah
4: just got onto this podcast <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah
0: well she was already going to be no. on this podcast right. no, no.
1: um paul yes
0: do you do personal projects
3: i do um my main one i've kind of it was the way i learned HTML and css uh really it was the the first site that i built in back in late 90s i think early 2000 um it's a very niche social network. It kind of sprung up. Um, in Web forums were big and all the rage in those days. But you couldn't add a personal profile to them. You couldn't add your photograph. Right. Like, like you can do nowadays, but back then you couldn't. Uh-huh. So this kind of sprung up from a specific forum so that people could add the pictures, see what it used to look like, and then extend that forum experience. And over the years it's evolved. Um, and it's mainly a, a moblog now. So take pictures with your camera phone. Throw it oh,
0: and that's us. what all those annoying Twitter posts are. That's what they are. Ah, um,
3: so it's my playground, really. It lets me, like, if I want to play with jQuery or something, I'll yeah. find something on my site and implement it. So it's my sandbox, and yeah. the, that I can learn. And because it's got its own inbuilt community, then it's much easier for me to build something that other people are going to use mm. than just me for my portfolio or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my. yeah it's kind of
0: it's a sandbox but with a motivation behind it and you know something real in it rather than just playing around for the sake of it kind of thing Mm. what about you Ryan do you work on on personal projects Uh, you know what do you get out of them
2: as as often as I can Um, biggest personal project I worked on was um, I built my own blog engine um, for the first blog I ever did um, which kept getting extended and extended to support Oh, we turned it into a podcasting. We podcasted with it and we did video with it. When we, 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 we were involved with a uh, another podcast, uh, a northern a northern thing, where we were doing video and podcasting and stuff like that, and we used my blog engine to run that. So always tinkering with it. But that's how I learned PHP mm. and, uh, and various other bits and pieces, and it was a good learning curve for me. So... Uh, which i don't use it anymore moved on to movable type so i kind of got binned <laughs> like stuff's out there that's better but at least i learned how you to do use know
0: it that you're going to be now attacked in the in the, mm-hmm. the chat room for using movable type you're not allowed to just never mention what blog blogging engine you use because everyone's got so opinionated about it i don't care you don't care you, no.
2: re,
3: you rebel I, I don't care you rewrote your entire engine to learn object orientation didn't you yeah yeah, re- um, yeah, and I've just rebuilt my entire site to use KPHP framework. Right, cuz I wanted yeah. to play with it. But so yeah. right, I'll build everything again. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, it's so the good. best
2: the best way to learn something is to I mean, I'm, I'm doing a I'm doing a back end system that I, I want to really develop me uh learn jQuery now mm-hmm. and get and get really in with jQuery. So, it's all jQuery and I'm learning how to do all the different bits and pull all the different jQuery stuff together. And it's a great way to learn to just build something mm. using Using something you want to learn how to use.
0: Um, there's a question in the in the. Um, I'm not even going to ask Marcus whether he does personal projects. <laughs> oh, I do. Yeah, with music and boring yeah. things that we don't care about. Um, I do loads. I even,
4: there's even a banned website. I mean, it's fairly awful, but. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's a question in the chat room, which is a really good one for the audio, for the group that we've got sitting here. It's a question from Peter. Mm -hmm. and peter wants to know whether he should go to university Ah. or whether he should go straight out to work or whether he should try and you know get a, a placement with somewhere or you know what to do at that that point um and we've got such a diverse background of people that did so many different things here you know you have marcus that chose to drop out of a levels and go be a pop star as you do as you do <laughs> um you know we've got anna that's just gone through this i went to university i don't know about you two what what did you two guys do i started working full-time at 16
2: so yeah. you
3: started 16 so did you uh, well i did a levels um so and um, but i was working during the a levels as well right and at the time when I was deciding whether to go to university, I was getting a wage, and I thought, "Nah, I've got." So to I'm the only educated fund. one out of the whole lot of us. Well, I
2: studied while I was working. I studied for five years. Oh, right, like, part time. Okay, I worked. So right. Uh, sponged courses off my employers and
0: oh, most of them myself as well actually <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's go around the table and, and right you know you're not allowed to do that well it depends on circumstances right you have to give a okay. definitive answer what should Peter do with his life we're deciding Peter's future here this is big stakes <laughs> so Marcus should he stay or should he go now Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
4: I think he should go to the Western Isles of Scotland and live never, in a commune. never plug in a computer ever again because it only brings pain and misery. No, I want
0: a, I want a sensible answer. Come on, what should he do? What do you reckon? That was it. How, how would you? How would you make a decision if you had your time again? Well, no, because your situation was a bit bizarre.
4: I would go go to university every time.
0: Would you really? Yes. Okay. Why is that then?
4: Because you're basically reducing your chances of failure. That's not to say you will be successful if you go, but if you do get more stuff under your belt, then you've got more chance of winning. That's it, really. I mean, that's the only reason I would say that. Okay. That's certainly not to say that you can't leave at sixteen and be a success or you know I, that's all I got I got O-levels um, and then came into it later but I still think if if you've got the, the um, inclination to carry on in education then do it
0: Anna you chose to do the complete opposite of Marcus's advice there why did you choose to do what you did and would you encourage other people to do it
1: um, well after O-levels I just um, I was deciding whether to go to uni or not um, And I was looking at sort of graphic design courses, um, but I wanted one that was sort of more computer orientated, so doing web design. But none of the courses I looked at were really, uh, like I went to an interview and they sort of said, oh, well, why don't you just go straight into work because you'll be wasting two years of your life and...
0: Really? They yeah, said that the, to you the at interview. the interview? Yeah. That's cool.
1: They said it would be a waste of time. Really. Basically
0: because your knowledge was already...
1: Just I was already doing client work. Right. They said that I'd be teaching the lecturers how uh, to use uh, Photoshop. Uh, right. and Fair and, enough. Oh, <laughs> crikey. <laughs> so I said, like, um, maybe I shouldn't do this. <laughs> um, Just to
4: go back to what I was saying there, mine's based on the fact that I've got, well, a daughter who's making these choices at the moment. So of course yeah. I have to say, university, <laughs> go, go, to go to university. university. Oh, um, well. And also I can remember back to when I stopped being a musician a professional musician and went back into the world of work and um just saw how, how easy you could take 10 steps up a
0: ladder if you had a degree? Peter wants the number of your daughter. I think he wants to hook up with her. <laughs> 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 She'd eat him alive. <laughs> uh, sorry, you were saying, did I interrupt you? Or no, did no, I kind of finished. I, I was zoning out on the. Yeah. What about you guys? What advice would you give? I mean, both of you, and then you've got to be careful now because both of you, your employers are higher education institutions. It's yet neither of you chose to go that route. So how do you pick your way through this one then? Ha! Still ended up there anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it depends
2: how much if, if, if you're committed enough I mean I, I studied part time I, I went to college on a night and then day release to go to college and things I could day have done release. day release <laughs> yeah. day release from work Yeah, <laughs> a day off every week um, I, only, I got up to a HND I could have done another year to do a degree So I could have done it while I worked. Yeah. Um, But the advantage I got is, although I got my qualifications, it took me longer to get them. But I had five years' experience as well Mm. of work. Yeah. So, and that's and and when you can go to an employer and say, "I've got this qualification. I've studied my own time," which is also another feather in your cap because you've you've shown that you'll do it on an evening or you'll do Mm. it. You know, you'll study as well as work. So you, you show that level of commitment to studying and progressing yourself and you've got the experience, I think that can be also a great incentive mm. to somebody who's kind of a bit green behind the gills and comes in and says, I've got this degree, give me a job, and not much experience. Mm.
3: What about you? Um, well, when I was doing my levels, none of this kind of web design development was even on my radar. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I know we've got this as a question further on, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, so I was having a blast through levels. I was doing automotive engineering, so I was building uh, electric racing cars and petrol-powered go-karts, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I did apply for uni. I got accepted to two unis to do automotive engineering. Woke up one morning, decided, I don't want to do this. So I right. cancelled my places and just carried on working. And then I thought I wanted to do something in IT, so the jobs that I was getting, I was running computer sales departments and computer repair shops. And over the years, because I was working in that kind of field, I got more interested in websites and the internet and web design. Um, so the mission was to get a career in this. What I've kind always of said industry.
4: to both my kids is, do what you like doing, because then you will do it
3: well. Yeah, mm. that's kind of the route that I've yeah. gone. is uh, It's only till I'm working in IT that I really thought, oh, I'd quite like to be a web designer or web yeah. developer.
0: So. That I mean, resolution. the web didn't exist when I was studying, so I didn't, I didn't have any choice <laughs> in the matter. Um, and then only just invented electricity. Oh, you know, shut yeah. up. <laughs> um, well, you could talk. Um, but I've got to say, looking at... I, I kind of agree with Anna in a sense that as I look around at, at courses and, and what the feedback I get from people, uh, basically, there's a fundamental problem with the education system when it comes to web design because web design moves so incredibly rapidly.
3: Yeah
0: that, you know, it takes three years to get a curriculum signed off, right? <laughs> you think about the state of web design three years ago compared to now, you know, that curriculum is going to be out of date by the time they start teaching it. So there's this kind of fundamental underlying flaw to the entire system and there is some great work going on. I mean, um, Opera uh, doing uh, the, they've put a whole curriculum together based on web standards and stuff like that and it's all great. Um, but, most, as, as people are saying in the chat room right now, most people are still being taught table-based design. Mm. Um, so and swearing if, by it as well. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. And so if you are actually in a, in a position where you know, you know you want to go into web design, I have my doubts about whether going to university is the answer. Mm. You know, if you're a little bit unsure about what you want to do, university is great from that point of view. And I don't regret doing my my higher education courses um, I don't think my degree was a lot of use to man and the beast but it did get me a placement with IBM and that's where my whole career took off so yeah I mean it's difficult isn't it it's hard to, hard to know we have we have run out of time almost but I do want to have one silly question to finish <laughs> on be, and it's picking up on, on something Paul said um, and it's a question from Lee and he said when you were young what did you want to be when you grow up Marcus, did you always want to be a pop star in a boy band? Is that a loaded question?
4: I'm trying to remember. Um, I can't remember what I wanted to be when I was little. Oh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it.
0: That's a good one. So that went by the wayside then. Yep. Did me ears in. Going to an air show. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Yep. that would would be a problem. Um, What did you want to be when you grew up, Ryan?
2: I can't remember. Um... It was really fun. I, I, I took. After, I went into IT because my dad did IT, and um, I was always surrounded by loads of computer bits. Oh right! So that's what I always wanted to be. Oh okay. And then got bored with it. And then got into web design. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I found it was just too monotonous. But that's what I always wanted to be. So it sounds really sad I wanted to take after my dad, but I
0: did. Oh, no, that's all right. When I was a, we a kid, that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to run the opposite way from my dad. what my dad did. Mm. He's, uh, he's a wildlife photographer, and he has the best job in the world ever. He just waltzes around the world taking pictures of nice animals. Yeah. But for some reason, as a kid, that's horrified me. I thought, <laughs> you know, I think I was just rebelling, really. What about you, Paul? What did you want to be?
3: Batman. Batman. man <laughs> <laughs> there's a good I don't know, thing to aspire to. Um, I think when I was going through school, I wanted to be a teacher because I had really fantastic teachers and oh wow, your main source of inspiration when you were a kid. So I always kind of wanted to be a teacher, but I grew out of that after a while. Cool. Yeah, you realise what a load of little scrotes they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> What about you, Anna?
0: What did you want to be?
1: Do I still qualify as
0: young? No, no. (laughs) We're talking about like as a kid. Um, What's the first job you remember you wanted to do?
1: An astronaut. An astronaut? Yeah, Yeah, rock and roll.
0: What did the first. I think the first. Mine sounds really boring, but Batman astronaut. (laughs) Um, The first job I wanted to be was a set designer, doing like. um, The first one I can remember is doing like uh, backdrops for theatres and. Mm -hmm. And special effects, you know, on stage live, all that kind of stuff really appealed to me. So, well, oh, I yeah. wanted to be a marine, marine biologist at one point. Oh, that's quite a cool job. A lot of people seem to want to be that at some point. Well, I, I wanted so to be a dentist at one point. A dentist?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to be. It was like, actually, I want to play the guitar. Um, and you get people, you get teachers and careers advisors saying, "Well, uh, with your potential qualifications, Marcus, you could be a dentist." Uh, Okay then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to be. I someone just said that in the chat room. Almost as I spoke, it came up. No one wants to be a dentist. Can you imagine that? (laughs) Someone's son wants to be a Power Ranger, which I think is fairly cool. Which which one, though? They're always changing Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they are. are, That's very true. (laughs) Probably not the girl. Let's hope not. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, Marcus, do you want to end with another
4: joke? I've got a little saying which I quite like Never take life seriously. Nobody gets out
0: alive anyway. Yeah, that's not really funny, mine is it? No, but I, like it. Okay. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> really like it. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us for this uh, live show. I mean, obviously the audio quality hasn't been quite as good this week. We hope that you've managed to bear with us. It's all right. Well, I'm, I'm just going by the chat room. Perhaps it's the dodgy connection uh, to Ustream.
2: It's just spent two hours setting all this up, and you're slugging it
0: off. <laughs> <Obviously>, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not upset, <laughs> am I? No, um, I'm not upset. It's. It was. We just wanted to do something different. The, the guys were coming down, or some of the guys were coming down for future web apps. Anyway, we wanted to get them in, and um, wanted you to be able to meet them because really, uh, Boagworld uh, wouldn't happen if it wasn't for these guys. And I really appreciate their help. And indeed, me too. To all of those of you that that helped transcribe the show as well, we really appreciate you taking the time to do that and, you know, hanging out in the chat room with us and contributing to the forum. The guys that run the forum are absolutely stunning. And if you haven't been part of the forum, then please check that out at boagworld.com forward slash forum. I promise I will be more involved in future. How many times have I said that now? (laughs) Loads. You can check out the show notes at boagworld.com forward slash Um, I don't really care actually I don't think I'm even going to post I need to post something so people know the link Mm. there'll be some crappy attempt at show notes but I really wouldn't expect very much because Ryan hasn't written them and I can't be bothered Um, so there we go there'll be something (laughs) online if you want to look at them thanks very much for listening and uh, goodbye from all of us bye Bye. hello world of Boag
3: like being on David Letterman.
0: visit boagworld.com forward slash contact, call 020 8133 5122
1: or join our forum at boagworld.com forward slash forum.